And in New Jersey, they declare a state of emergency. For fuck's sake, everything is a state of emergency in New Jersey. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. I think gambling should be completely legal, you know? I don't I think prostitution should be legal. I think anytime you make stuff like that illegal, you know, you're just all you're doing is breeding a criminal element. Yep, but we're probably getting a little too political here. Yeah, let's... Uh... We got other pressing issues, like Justin Bieber getting arrested for drag racing in Florida. I'm Sanders, and he's Liv, and we are two sorry excuses. Liveroo! What's up, Sam, man? How are you, man? I'm all right, man. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. How's your week? It's been pretty good so far. Just um, very thankful it's over, like I am for all weeks. Got a uh, four-day work week? I it's been steady. I mean, uh, yesterday was all right because I had to drive the out to Biloxi, Mississippi, to get a guy to sign something and go file it in federal court in Gulfport, which was nice because it kind of got me out of the office for like four or five hours, uh, which is nice to have it work as count as a work day without really doing anything than driving. I don't mind that all the time. Was it uh, Matthew Broderick? No, no, it was not um, Biloxi Blues or anything. So I was actually thinking about that when I was down there because now Biloxi's, you know, it's a bunch of casinos now. You know, it's been that way for over 20 years now. Yeah. And I'm, I was imagining, I was trying to figure out where exactly the uh, the Army base must have been or whatever from that movie. For I don't know why because I guess I don't really know much about Biloxi. You know, I don't go to the casinos or anything. How far is but it? There was a home for armed force, uh, elderly armed forces uh, home along, the, like the whole city's like along a beach, basically. Okay. You know, it's right on the Gulf. And I did pass a home for uh, elderly uh, military men. So I guess that must be a vestige of the Biloxi Blues days or something. I picture you like, um, like the scene from Fletch where his, life, his wife's attorney... Uh, is hiding out on the um, fire escape. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes yeah, yeah. home and he hands him the uh, the um, yeah. alimony papers. This was actually a this was a friendly exchange because it was for a client who we represent on something else uh, on a longshore case. 
which is fine because all the longshore courts are, you know, they're federal administrative courts. And for that region, the court is in New Orleans. Okay. But the guy's a citizen of Mississippi, and he was filing an appeal of his Social Security claim. You need to file that in federal court. And none of us are licensed in Mississippi. So basically, we had to have the guy, we, we drafted a petition, had him file it pro se. So I was having him sign it so I could go file it for him uh, pro se, you know. Until we can figure out, until we can link up with a Mississippi attorney to get one of us admitted pro hack viche, you know? <laughs> yeah. I had to go meet the guy at his uh, job at the casino, at the Grand Casino in Biloxi, you know, and then drive back to, uh, to Gulfport, uh, which is like 13 miles away from, uh, from Biloxi. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't so cold yesterday, it was, you know, it's been cold around here. It was a, it was a nice day. I mean, you couldn't tell it was cold by, uh, by being in the car, you know, it was all nice and sunny. Everything looked nice out, but, um, but it was actually, you know, kind of lousy, but yeah, that's what we were doing. Uh, getting around the rules there, I guess a bit, you know? Yeah. I get no sympathy, sympathy for you with the cold. It's minus eight here right now. Seriously? Yeah, it's freezing, dude. And it doesn't usually get this cold. It gets cold, but, you know, below freezing is when people start to kind of freak out because, you know, the uh, the roads will ice over and there's, like, a lot of low water table here. Um, yeah. But I'm on the ocean, so usually that kind of tempers the, you know, the climate a little bit because the, um, you know, the, the air temperature usually stays relatively warm. Compared yep. to inland, but um, yeah, negative eight today, man. And we just had like a foot of snow um, uh, two days ago. Yeah, and it was um, it was miserable. It's beautiful, you know. Everything. Yeah, my niece was my niece was in D.C. They went up there the other day, and I guess um, they just got back today. But she was, uh, you know, I guess they were all freaked out because they never, most of those kids never seen snow like that. And it was like hardcore snow up there. Oh, man. And D.C. is the worst place to be uh, if you have never experienced snow because the city just shuts down. You would think that every minor snow flurry is a major snowstorm because the people drive like assholes. Well, that's what I don't understand. Like my mom was asking me the other day. I never saw anything about it. You know, it was like a Monday or Tuesday. She's like, she's like, oh, uh, Matt, do you know anything about this? The DC shutting down for snow. I was like, oh, they shut down for everything. I didn't think it was much snow anyway. Yeah, my- like if they shut down for snow like that, it's if they shut down like that every time snow in Syracuse, it would have taken us fifteen years to graduate. Uh, no kidding, man. No kidding. And that's the cool thing. Um, when you're up there, you get acclimated to it. And I mean, we would have. Weeks at a time that were below zero and just monumental amounts of snowfall. And yeah. the streets are cleared. Everybody's got, especially the folks who live up there, you know, have the right kind of car, the right kind of equipment. You know, they've got boots, they've got gloves, they've got, you know, coats. So everything just kind of goes. But down at DC, my sister lives um, in Virginia, right outside of DC. Um, okay. And it drives her crazy. Because you can't get anywhere. 
uh, everything shuts down, all the support systems, you know, it takes them forever to get trucks out on the road. So it's totally miserable. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it snows here, I don't think anybody's moving because it rarely happens. Yeah. When was the last time you guys got snow? Well, I'll tell you right now, it's 50 degrees according to the weather app on my phone. And the prediction is it's going to get down into the 30s overnight. And between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., the the symbol for the weather are snowflakes. No way. <laughs> the last time I saw snow, or I recall snow here, was, was six years ago. Um, I guess it was... Actually, it was probably like closer to five years ago because it was doing... It was December 2008 because I had a I, my final in income tax law was that night, and I was cramming, of course, and it pissed me off so much. It was 2008 because it, it, you know, it only snows once every, you know, once a decade, basically. Right. Uh, you know, maybe once, once or twice a decade, and I remember. Uh, I'm coming out of my house and I'm like, oh, look at that. It's snow. You know, I was like, oh, man, this is so cool. I want to go play in the snow because you don't see snow in New Orleans. You know? <laughs> I just wanted to go look at stuff. How cool, you know, because snow makes everything look awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially and it and it always looks awesome in New Orleans when it snows on those rare occasions because it's such a such an oddball thing. And um but I had to go to the library and study, so it was kind of depressing the last time it snowed here. Um, <laughs> and I think the last time it snowed here before that might have been like 2003 or something. I know I was living in Syracuse at the time. Any accumulation? I mean, like a like a, a, a serious amount of accumulation? Oh, no. It was like, um, like in 08 when it snowed, it started, you know, sticking a little bit. You know, it, it's... It's, I don't, you know, probably not even an inch. You know, I remember when I was little, hell, I was probably like 12 or 13 and it snowed. I say that with air quotes because, <laughs> you know, it was snow, but it was not sticking or anything. It was just a smattering of it. But um, not in my lifetime, but there have been times where it snowed significantly. And, um, well, there's just a little side note. Uh, it's a it's a story about my parents. You know, my dad at, was in the Navy and he was stationed in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, you know where it did get cold and snowed. Right. Uh, but him and my mom were living there, and it was it must have been 1964, I guess, because that's when my uh, oldest brother was born. And uh, they were sitting around, and it was uh, New Year's Day, and my dad told my mom to turn on the Sugar Bowl. He wanted to watch the Sugar Bowl. You know, it was all, all the games were played during the day back then. Right. And the Sugar Bowl used to be played at Tulane Stadium, which was an outdoor stadium on Tulane's campus. Uh, and my mom turned it on, and my dad's like, I told you the Sugar Bowl. This isn't the Sugar Bowl. My mom's like, no, it is. He's like, no, it's it can't be. It's snowing. No way. You know? <laughs> and my mom's like, no, this is the station that says it's on, you know. And then, and then... Came to find out it was one of the days it snowed in New Orleans. You know, one of the rare days that happens once every five to ten years that it snows here. And it was, uh, 
I think it was actually kind of a decent snowfall because I remember there was this picture they used to, you know, one of the family albums of my grandparents with a uh, with a snowman that they made in the front yard. So. I don't. I uh, I got some. Uh, I got some info here. Since 1849, there have been 17 snow events in New Orleans. Snow events. <laughs> uh, looks like the record is. Uh, is 8.2 inches. What year was that? 1895. What the hell was going on back then? Uh, let's see. Other than that, a couple seven inches, three inches, four and a half inches in uh, 1963. Yeah, that's it then. That yeah, not a lot, inches. huh, man? We don't, we have, I remember, uh, it just seems like when I was younger, um, we got a lot more snow, um, and you know, global warming and El Nino and all that kind of stuff aside, um, I just think I don't know if if things just just continue on. Like you don't get a snow day, you got to go to work, you know, um, or yeah. if it, it really is happening less. But we got we got pounded. There was a good twelve hours of um, of snow, and you know, got depending on where you were, at least twelve inches. Um, and Asbury sucks because, um, you know, we're a small, short town. We don't have a lot of yeah. infrastructure. It's, you know, it's an old town. Um, you know, we're only one mile by one mile. We don't have any plows. The The garbage trucks strap on plows um, okay. and roll through the, you know, roll through the city streets. But that means they don't have sanders on the back. So usually on the big highways um, in Jersey – You'll have the the plows run through with sanders, and they kind of go in you know some type of of like formation, like the flying duck, yeah. you know, V formation, and you know they're spread, they're 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 plowing and and salting, and everything's kind of working at once. But they just in in Asbury, they just put the plows on the on the garbage trucks, so you'll get like an initial plow. But there's nothing to kind of melt the ice or melt the residual snow, so that all huh. freezes over. So right now, so then it's like a, it's danger zone. Yeah, it's horrible. Cars are sliding all yeah. over the place. And if I look out my window, if I look out my front window, it's like n- you know, no one ever came to touch anything, and like don't ever dare go out because you'll get lost in the wilderness. But if I look out my back window, which overlooks the main street, which is main street, um, it's a, it's a state road. Uh, the state owns that. So they have to plow it proper. Yeah. So it gets proper treatment. So I I could go anywhere if I can get out my back door, but out my front door, uh, I'm screwed. So I've been stuck here for like three days. You know what I miss about the snow? You know, like when I was up in Boston, it would be like a weekend, you know, when I didn't have to go to work or anything. It would just snow like that. Is that nice feeling that you don't have to go anywhere and everything's quiet. Yeah. You know, because like where I lived in Charlestown, it was kind of a loud neighborhood, you know. It had its, uh, you know, its local element, you know, <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, late into the night barbecue and immigrant element. <laughs> The snow kind of washes all that out. But when it snowed, like, eight inches, no one was hanging out at the bodega. (laughs) No one was doing barbecues at three in the morning playing uh, Caribbean music across the street. Everything was just calm and quiet. (laughs) 
<laughs> Either people yeah. just kind of like the the idea of settling in and you know kind of watching a movie and and snuggling up, or they just don't know what to do and they're kind of like yeah. shell shocked. Yeah, because it really throws people's routines off um, because there's really nothing you can do. And in New Jersey, they declare a state of emergency. For fuck's sake, everything is a state of emergency in New Jersey. Stay off the roads. The governor loves to get on um, on on television and tell people what to do. I don't. Does he get a lot of national coverage? Of course, you can't hear enough about Chris Christie. All right, so yeah. he's. Uh, it depends on where you fall uh, in Jersey, and I'm not. I'm. I'm as apolitical as they come. I think they all suck. I think yeah, they, do. they charge me too much money and give me too little. But um, there's there's really two camps, and it doesn't matter who you are or, or where you fall in the pecking order or his sight lines. Most people pretty much have the same assessment of him is that you know he's got some pretty good leadership skills. He's actually done a bunch of stuff um, for New Jersey and, and helped you know kind of get us out of some of the doldrums but you know he's really gruff and he's there's just you know that kind of thought process of you can catch more flies with with sugar than you can with shit but he just is uh uh he's when it comes to to uh, flexing his muscles or exercising his power uh he gets a hard on for weather events he steps out like it's his time to shine, and apparently yeah. he's got some hot. He's in some hot water now, although it's kind of faded away, um, or maybe it hasn't. I just haven't paid attention. Like the bridge thing. Well, not only the bridge thing, the um, which is in and of itself, you know, a a a, 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 um, a sticky situation for him to navigate. But apparently the um, the Sandy Relief Fund. Um, oh yeah, yeah. This commercials the crap with the Hoboken. Yeah, I read about that, how they're bringing an investigation saying that he was, you know, featuring himself in the commercials with the money that was paid for with the money for the Hurricane Sandy relief. Yeah. And it was supposed to go towards tourism commercials, but the fact that they were making basically political ads for him. Yeah. And, and essentially, there there was kind of an, a, a memorandum that was written to say, listen, you can use this money. If you're if you are a, a tourist destination and you need to get back on track, certainly use some of that money to, to bolster your tourism efforts. But uh, in a campaign year, uh, he certainly used that to his advantage and. He's smart enough to know when he's playing the right cards, but yeah. he's savvy enough to know how to separate himself from any impropriety. So, I mean, you got to give him credit, but at the end of the day, he's still, you know, he's still your typical politician. He just happens to be fatter and louder than most, which is what you come to expect from New Jersey, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, if anything, that scandal, the bridge scandal, no, that stuff's going to be what stops him from becoming president. No, no way. And nor would he let it. He, yeah. he would. I'm saying it's not going to, it's going to be other stuff that stops him from becoming president. <laughs> not, that, not that garbage. No, it's true. I mean, at the end of the day, those are local stories, you know? No, absolutely. And, and if, as far as I can tell, or as far as I'm concerned, they've already kind of faded into, um, you know, kind of into the background of the, you know, of the local uh, news cycle here. 
And yeah, I mean, I don't know what was going on, but you know, I saw stuff with the hobo, the Hoboken mayor or whatever, the Hoboken mayor. Apparently, he's got some issue with her. I have no clue what the hell is going on with that. Yeah. I was just on the background on TV the other day, and I guess it was the day of the inauguration or whatever. And none of them instill confidence. None of the the, the New Jersey politicians, um, you know, no politicians nope. instill confidence in, my, <laughs> in me. <laughs> uh, you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. I mean, unless you're gonna be the guy that's gonna be like, you know, let's legalize the drugs. Let's get rid of mandatory minimums. Let's Freaking quit taxing everyone to death, you know. I don't know, but I'm a, I'm a little out there, so. Um, I I guess that's got to be that guy's got to be coming. He's got to be on the horizon because, um, you know, with with the national sentiments you know, changing on you know marijuana laws and and you know recreational um, drug laws. I know there's always a lot of middle. You know, there's there's a lot of yeah. red in the in the country, but. Um, I think it, that's closing. That's closing. You know, some of those states in the middle are, are starting to make a, a difference or, or, you know, starting to, to be heard in terms of alternative viewpoints. And, I, you know, I think it'll catch on eventually, especially what I, I saw an article um, about the, um, the legalization of marijuana in uh, Colorado and the dispensaries have no place to put their money. Yeah, because they're federal government. And once they figure out, once the once the federal government figures out that they have the ability to get their hands on some of that, they'll open up those doors right quick. Yeah, and everybody will get paid and it'll be a whole new ball game. I, I, I don't understand what the problem is. Um, New Jersey's, you know, uh, legalized online gaming for its terrestrial casinos. So yes. it's only, everything is just one step away from kind of introducing those, you know, those, oh, those mild social vices. I think gambling should be completely legal. You know, I don't, I think prostitution should be legal. I think anytime you make stuff like that illegal, you know, you're just all you're doing is breeding a criminal element, you know? Yeah. No. It's like when they did prohibition on alcohol, which led to the rise of the mob, you know? It's kind of the way that goes. And and I don't understand how how that hasn't how that hasn't translated and how that doesn't draw comparisons between you know those uh, those underworld elements like you know marijuana or prostitution or mandatory minimums and and prohibition it was a colossal failure oh um i think the problem is you know it's basically we have like this police industrial complex in this country you know, if they make stuff illegal, you're not going to – there's going to be no reason for them to be getting all these tax dollars and stuff, funding all these, you know, places like um, Wyoming and stuff that are getting anti anti-terrorism funds and all this type of stuff, you know, and – and the militarization of police and all that, that drives all of this is the money these – every small town's getting for 
uh, stuff in the name of the drug war, anti-terrorism, and all that. I think that's the biggest problem. And that's the way it is. Yep, but we're probably getting a little too political here. Yeah, let's... uh... We got other pressing issues, like Justin Bieber getting arrested for drag racing in Florida. <laughs> um, he's uh, He was in the news earlier this week, later, late last week, for egging his neighbor's house. Yeah, but this morning he was in the news because he was arrested last night for drag racing in Miami. What he's a, got a mug shot and everything. What a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, and one of, his, one of his rapper buddies, Little Za who I only know as a rapper because he was mentioned in that story. Well, this guy, he's the guy who's always getting him in trouble. So I guess um, when he got caught with some weed not so long ago, uh, Little Za took the rap. Um, <laughs> Little Za's the fall guy. <laughs> somebody wrapped his like Lamborghini around a, a, a telephone pole. Little Za took the rap. Um, there yeah. was some like missing... Uh, missing jewels from uh, jewelry from a party or something. Little Za was on the scene. So um, apparently he's got another rapper buddy named Little Something, but I'm not sure what his name is. I'm not gonna lie about it. He rolls with two rapper buddies who are both named Little This and Little Little Za <laughs> and Little Something Else. Um. So was it was it just drag racing or was it DWI? possession of i think it was just for the drag race and it was down um you know on a city street you know and but there was also another story connected to that about him drinking um you know like that purple purple sir zip or whatever yeah you know, yeah, the purple yeah drink yeah <laughs> oh he is too much you know what he needs he needs to get his ass beat <laughs> what he needs is for his like fame to just fade away you know <laughs> <laughs> it's he's not going to be uh it's not going to be long before he's uh featured in a um behind the music a VH1 behind the music uh where he's yeah. he's sitting at um at a picnic table lakeside uh confessing uh or apologizing to little Za for the first time for paralyzing him in yeah, a Yeah, like that one with Leaf, who is that guy Leaf Garrett uh, apologizing yeah. to the guy who he, <laughs> Blames himself for paralyzing or whatever. Yeah. Leif, Leif Erikson, the uh, the Viking founder of uh, North America. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. I am sorry. I, I have never apologized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leif the, Garrett. The worst part about that back to, behind the music, though, is they... They always go back to the studio to get back to the basics. <laughs> Remind themselves of why they got into this to begin with. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Um, Good times. The other big hot story today was there was a, um, a news story I saw. And um, obviously it's a news story because it made it onto the Syracuse.com website as a news story. It was a picture, a paparazzi picture of Amy Adams out uh, exercising because uh, she's getting prepared because it's the middle of award season and the Oscars are coming up. And she was wearing a Syracuse University Otto the Orange t-shirt. Did she go to Syracuse? And I, no, she didn't even go to college at all. I found that. But the fight, and she's not from central New York or anything. She was born in Italy to parents that were Mormons. 
you know, because I, I was trying to figure out a connection, you know, but they left the Mormon church when the parents got divorced, whatever. I think she might have graduated high school in Georgia, perhaps. But, uh, you know, I posted a link from there and said, looking good, Amy. And more than one person asked me if my Facebook had got hacked. <laughs> and, and these were non-Syracuse people. I was like, look at the picture. She's wearing an Otto the Orange t-shirt. And I go on Syracuse.com's website and they got a story. Amy Adams wearing Syracuse shirt. <laughs> well, I'm glad you bring that up because when we were talking about um, when we were talking about the Wolf of Wall Street, we were kind of bouncing around and and on the periphery of Oscar talk. Uh, the that week the Oscars had come out, and uh, yep. did she get nominated? Yeah, she was nominated for American Hustle. Okay, which I had heard got got great reviews. Everybody says to go see it's it. It's a very good movie. Wolf of Wall Street's better in my opinion, but it's a very good movie. Here's why I haven't seen it. Although I, I do like Christian Bale and and Bradley Cooper, um, and I've Christian Bale's great. I've come to like Jennifer Lawrence a bit. Although I think yeah. she's she's kind of a, a little, um, you know, a little too in your face with her in your faceness. But I I'll still give her some credit. But I, I don't know what to make of Amy Adams. I, I, I kind of don't like her for the simple fact that I, I'm not sure, you know, kind of who she is. At least Jennifer Lawrence, you know, is kind of that, you know, in your face. I don't give a shit. Uh, you want to make me your sex symbol? Go ahead. Make me your sex symbol. But I don't care. Yeah. I'll punch you in the face. And well, that's what threw me off for Amy Adams. I'd never really found her too attractive beforehand. I mean, she's a good-looking lady. But when I saw American Hustle, they made her look a hell of a lot better in that movie than I ever thought before. Of course, she's wearing those split-neck dresses throughout the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See the, you know, but the most shocking thing about Amy Adams is she's 39 years old. I couldn't believe that. Are you serious? Yeah, I thought she was way young. Well, not way younger than me, but I figured she was younger than me. Oh, I would have guessed so, too. Yeah, I mean, I had no clue she was 39. I mean, I guess that bodes well because she looks young as hell, you know, because it gets kind of rough for uh, for all actors, particularly female actors, the older they get as far as getting roles. The, the thing with her is that, I don't. There's not much discernible difference in terms of of look and attitude between her and um, uh, Jenna Fischler, the the chick from um, oh from the Office. Uh, Jenna Fisher, I think her name is. Yeah, the chick, yeah, the chick the, Pam from the Office. Who? Yeah, Pam Beasley. You know, is kind of just mousy and quiet, and even yeah. though that's her character, she pulls off the character because that's kind of her demeanor and her look. Amy Adams has the same kind of deal. And yeah, but Amy Adams, um, I've seen her, I saw her in the Muppet, that Muppets movie she made a few years ago, and she was great in that because she was good at playing like the peachy keen Muppet type of character, and then I saw her in that mass, The Master, have you ever seen that one? No. With Philip Seymour Hoffman, it's, it's loosely based on like the founding of the Church of Scientology. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. And she plays the, uh. Philip Seymour Hoffman's uh, wife in that movie. And, you know, I've seen her in several different things. At first, I used to not think much of, give much thought to Amy Adams. But after seeing a few different types of movies like that, she's just a damn good actress. I'll say that much. 
Yeah, and I guess maybe that's what um, what I'm punishing her for. Is she's too versatile of an actress? <laughs> yeah, but probably also you probably haven't seen as many things she's been in, though. You know, um, I'm gonna say the only thing I've seen her in that I can remember is that Julia Child movie where she uh, she makes Julian Julia was it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, was that a date movie? No, I just happened to. Happened to have some free time on my hands. <laughs> um, well, while we're talking about movies, um, you know, and we're talking about the Oscars. Three years ago, I used to talk about this guy as having the best life in the world because all he made were crappy romantic comedy movies. He didn't care. He got his paycheck. Was never really stressing to like be a great actor and win awards. He just loved his life. Yeah, he went and he'd play his bongos naked and get stoned. The great Matthew McConaughey. And, but now he's like basically thrown all that, you know, failure to launch, you know, the wedding planner, all those movies. He's thrown that to the wayside. Now he's like, screw it. I'm going to act. Yeah, no joke, man. Because not only did he get um, great reviews and an Oscar nod for the Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, uh, he's going to win that. He should have got nominated for his role in... Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I think the only reason he wasn't nominated is because his role only lasted about five minutes in the movie. Yeah, no, I know. But uh, they, they've they done that before. I forget who, yeah. is, who has gotten it for essentially one scene, but the scene was so so powerful. Um, if it was anybody, it was probably like Meryl Streep. Uh, either that or Hel- Helen Mirren, maybe. Yeah. But um, yeah, I know they've done it before. But yeah, he was he was really good. The brief moment they was in that movie, that was yeah, he was unbelievable. And but you're right, he's uh, for some reason he's kind of turned up uh, turned up the heat. Yeah, he's he's like screw it, man. I'm just gonna I'm all in now. And uh, and now they got this new show on HBO. It's it takes place in Louisiana with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, True Detective. All right, now I heard about that and. I have been expanding my my online streaming um, television options. Before, I was strictly a Netflix guy. If it wasn't on Netflix, whatever, yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. But I got my hands on an HBO Go account. I got my hands nice. on a, uh Amazon Prime account. I got my hands on a uh, – what's the other one? Um, Hulu. Hulu. Hulu Plus. Yeah. So I- I've been able to kind of – you know, keep up with the Joneses in terms of television viewing, which hasn't really been a, a priority of mine for a long time. It's but, not a priority of mine either. I tried to watch that that True Detective show. I just couldn't get into it. Well, I'll tell you this much. They've only done two episodes. I watched the first one. The first one was a lot of development. And then I watched the second one last night. And, you know, they're still developing a little bit. But then it seemed like it was about the second half of last night's episode when they really started having Matthew McConaughey's character kind of open up. And, you know, I think the problem was, and I'm guessing that's what it's going to be, that's going to be better from here on out, that, you know, the first episode and a half or so were about feeling it out and laying down the groundwork. So, you know, I think if you give, uh, you know, maybe another couple of uh opportunities at watching it may i i'm hoping that's what it is because it seemed like last night 
in the second half of the episode, I was way more into it. I was finally like, like it, it rung a bell, you know, like it clicked. I'm like, oh, okay, this actually is going to be a good show. It's not going to feel like I'm watching some kind of, you know, watching paint dry every week. Although I can't get over Woody Harrelson's underbite. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about, you know? And, and I like... He's talking like Sling Blade. I do like those two guys. I like them a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm reading the um, Hunger Games novels. I'd already seen the, the movie, and he, he plays a prominent role in the movie, so... Woody does? Yeah, I'm... Right. A semi-prominent I role. I seen Hunger Games movies. My niece is all about that stuff. Yeah, it was it was pretty good, but the book and what uh, and read and read all the books. So when the movie came out, I went to see it with her, uh, or we watched yeah, it at home or something. Yeah, my niece uh, read all the books. She's all into it. So yeah. he's he's kind of on my brain uh, in terms of you know appreciating what he does, you know, beyond Cheers, but uh, I just couldn't. I don't know what it is. I've I've skipped being my father and gone right to being my grandfather, because my grandfather was uh, was was kind of all about the punchline. Yeah, you know, don't bury the lead. Give him, yeah, you know, give him give him something up front, and you know that's kind of I don't know, for some reason I've kind of gotten into that. Hey, if there's a sex scene at minute eleven. Cut out the first ten minutes, you know. <laughs> jump right, give me, go right to the climax for me. Show me what I'm gonna see, and then let things develop after that. You know, kind of just put it on the table. You know, don't waste my time. I'm, I've become pretty busy. Uh, I understand the value, you know, the artistic value of building, you know, backstory and building, you know, character. But at the same time, you know, I kind of want some some bang for my buck. So maybe I'll give it a, another chance. I I, I I shut it off like halfway through. Um, True you Detective. Watched the first episode. Yeah, about half of it. Yeah, the first episode was was a hell of a lot slower than than last night's. I I hope it's gonna start picking up. And I get yeah. it. I like that kind of storyline. Uh, I like that delivery. I like the flashback. I like you know kind of watching the same person play multiple characters and watching you know the beginning and the end and having yeah. them kind of. You know, lay out the middle as the as the story unfolds, but um, I don't know for some reason I just couldn't connect with it. Yeah, no, I understand. But I'll give, um, it, I'll give it another shot. And and then to just bring everything full circle, we were talking about the Wolf of Wall Street and Goodfellas last night. So I'm sure, being where you are, you must have heard about the big hot news. They made an arrest in the Lufthansa bust. Ah, uh, you know what? I thought I was dreaming that. I must have heard it on the radio. Yeah, um, Jimmy Burke, who died in 1996, uh, which in the movie was played by Robert De Niro, aka Jimmy Conway. Uh, this past June, the police searched his home. And they found a dead body in the backyard of a guy named Katz, who uh, who was a mob associate who was murdered back in the day for running his mouth or something. And well, one of the guys they arrested, the only guy arrested in connection to the Lufthansa bust, uh, they round they did a pre-dawn raid, and one of the guys they they got was this guy named Vincent Saro, 
who they're booking with murder for the murder of the guy Katz, whose body was found at Jimmy Burke's house. And they're not saying why yet, but they're also booking him with racketeering linked to the Lufthansa case. You know, even though he wasn't, you know, uh, I don't think they have... I don't think they suspected of him of actually being at the airport, but they must have found something at Burke's house pointing him to be one of the guys involved with that, which would make him the second guy arrested. The first guy was a guy that actually worked at the airport who they busted for giving uh, inside information to the mob back in the day. The midnight to eight uh, guy, the commandant. Yeah. Uh, the thing that kills me, though, they arrest, they busted some other, the guy's son and some other people were all busted for various things. But um, I guess if, if they honestly think this guy murdered to get, murdered the other guy, you're going to have to bring him to trial for that. But but really, you're going to try him for the Lufthansa case? Are you talking, the guy's 78 years old. What's that going to prove? Imagine that. So it's it's 35 years later. You've, yes. You've gotten away with it. It's thirty-five years. Yeah, your biggest concern these days, as as a seventy-eight-year-old retired capo or or alleged mob, he was a made man. Your biggest concern is taking a piss. Yeah. Can, can I get it done in under four minutes? Yeah. Not the article's like, oh, he's he he can be convicted uh, for life if he's, you know. He can serve life. It's like, well, duh, he's 78. <laughs> you know, a five-year sentence is probably life. Right. <laughs> uh, listen. It's like, what's the point? What a waste of money. It really is. And it's more of a spectacle than anything else. Well, that's the thing. Those guys are just trying to get names for themselves as prosecutors. You know, so they can move up the ladder. You know, hopefully, you know, get up to... Maybe they'll be named a federal judge one day. You know, it's it's all a big, um, it's a big sham, big show. Listen, I'm I don't want to sit here and and you know cast aspersions and decide what's a you know what is a, a prosecutable crime, uh, especially when it comes to you know when you're talking about murder. Um, oh, but right, at the same sorry. at the same time, you know, there's probably something else. That we could be directing our attention to. Common sense seems to get lost uh, an awful yeah. lot. I mean, I understand if you want to prosecute the murder, but all right, we kind of know he committed the murder. But uh, <laughs> but even if it wasn't the murder, it was just a Lufthansa case. They would still be prosecuting it for the Lufthansa case, you know? Right. Which is which is foolish in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. I guess you reach a certain age where you don't mind if you murder somebody. Because, well, I mean, you saw that 71-year-old dude that killed the guy in the movie theater last week? Yes. Like, I guess, like, what's the worst that can happen to me now? I'm 71. I might as well shoot somebody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to put me away. The average the average man dies at 74. Big deal. I might not even make it through the trial before I die. <laughs> so that's it when you turn 70 all bets off all bets are off yeah when i turn 70 all bets are off you better not be screwing around with whatever form of technology is getting in the way of whatever the movie viewing experience is like in the year 2039 or whenever the hell it's gonna be you're gonna go clint eastwood in grand torino yeah i'll go sacrifice myself for the good of uh 
the good of the neighborhood. <laughs> I'll have the thugs just murder me. <laughs> Here lies Matt Livacary, thug buster. Pull out my finger, bam, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a great movie that was a good movie Yeah, that was a good movie you know what else I saw you know now that we're 42 minutes into uh, our discussion and haven't touched um, Syracuse Athletics one bit why should we start now Uh, I saw The Lone Survivor oh I'm gonna go see that tomorrow night Uh, that was the movie the guys were in when the the guy shot the guy oh was it really yeah they Uh, were both military veterans uh, I can see that then (laughs) I can see that because uh, I wanted to shoot somebody after <laughs> after seeing that. Really good movie, man. I'm a huge uh, Marky Mark fan. Uh, he probably would appreciate it, uh, my fan my fandom a little more if I didn't refer to him as Marky Mark. Well, you know, it's funny. Today we were I was talking about that with my buddy Jacob at work, and I said Marky Mark. He's like, yeah. Well, he doesn't like it when you call him that. And we're like, yeah, but the odds are we're probably never meeting him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about him is great, man. Entourage was awesome. You know, Ted is was one of the funniest movies I've Ted. seen. Um, and he just does an awesome job in, in that. You'll enjoy it. It's pretty good, man. It's intense. Yeah. It, uh, it's the intense. only thing about the guys, that, the guy that shot the dude, it, it, they were still in previews. They weren't even... The movie wasn't even gone on uh, yet. Oh, see, man, sure. that's that might be my downfall because I love previews. I even like to get there for the um, the inside the actors guilds, you yeah. know, where they do kind of like the preview of the TV show that they're making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, and that'll be on Fox come this fall, and it's it's always one of those type of shows, one of those edgy fox series or something like that but the following but i'm like a six-year-old so i buy my popcorn and i watch the previews of the previews and i eat all my popcorn but then the previews popcorn you get the free refill right well then i drink down my uh my you know 32 ounce soda i got the same problem and then i gotta piss six times during the movie yeah see my problem is i have to get there that early because usually Generally, I go to the movies on my own. Yeah, me too. And you got to get there a lot earlier when you go on your own because you have no one to hold your seat to go buy the refreshments. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is I like to sit I like to sit about midway up or so, maybe a little bit more than midway up, maybe about three and a quarters away up in the middle. I like my seat. You got to get there early to get that seat. Yeah, that's prime seat. And the problem is you got to get there early enough to be able to buy your refreshments and get that seat still. And yeah, then I so. find my my problem is like it's like then it's ten minutes into the movie and I have no drink or popcorn anymore. <laughs> and no matter whether it's a free refill or not, I'm not walking out of a movie to go to go <laughs> right. do any of it. Uh, right, you're not Wednesday's child. You can and the yeah, and the worst is about that thing having to pick. I can hold it the whole movie. You know, I could sit there, but but I'm also obsessive about sitting through the credits. Uh okay. All the way, especially because ever since I saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off when I was a kid, and there was the scene at after the credits ended where Ferris Bueller's telling you to leave the theater now. Right. I've always been, I've always, I've always been put in a position. Now I'm like, I can't not leave because they might have something after it. Yeah, I'm. You know? I'm not that. Um, 
I'm not that intense, but I'm always like, oh, wait a minute. Who was that guy? I know that guy. Yeah. Wait, I got to see the credits and I got to see who that was. But thank God we have IMDb now, huh? It's a better world for it. Yep. No, exactly. I always want to see that. I also want to see like where stuff was filmed, you know, which is usually at the end of the credits. Music, um, Uh, musical credits uh, are are always an interest. And those are always at the end. Yep. So and then, uh, but the problem is, it's like even if I can sit through a three-hour movie, you know, like that Wolf of Wall Street, and it's like I don't even—I know I gotta pee, but I'm—I don't—I'm not dancing yet. But right when you get to the credits, it's all of a sudden like, you know, like you need to pee in your pants. Oh man, I'm a I'm a I'm a dancer. Yeah. I I can't. So I just I can't hold it. And I get my stuff and I have to run the hell out of there, you know. And it's like. Gotta watch out. They might be teasing for the sequel to Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) (laughs) God. I went to see Dallas Buyers Club. I was thinking, I don't know why I'm sitting through this. There's not going to be a sequel to this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was that good? Or he was Uh, that good in it? McConaughey was great in it. You know, he's, he's he's just damn good. Like... Like if you you watch it, you look at him. He's so gaunt. Apparently, he lost fifty pounds for the role. You know, he's just you know. There's it. It was obviously a lower budgeted movie. And the funny thing was, it was filmed. It takes place in Dallas, but it was filmed around here where I live. Okay. Yeah, because they film a lot of movies down here now, and uh, so it, it's kind of funny seeing stuff that's supposed to be like the park. Or whatever, and I'm like, oh, that's right near the courthouse, you know, like this random, random stuff. Or like, uh, there was one scene that was in the bar. I'm like, oh, that's F and M's, which is actually the bar that you and I went to the time you were in town with Angie for the Eagles games, and we got the waffle fries, which you eventually vomited on the street. <laughs> I did, that just dawned on me as I was saying that. You know that that's what's kind of fun about going to see the movies that are locally filmed. You know, seeing what places they're using for their film sets and see if I recognize them, you know? Yeah, see, um, Asbury will get some some treatment, but New Jersey's not a particularly film-friendly place. I don't think they give a lot of, uh, of rebates and, you know, tax yeah. breaks for, for filming here. But when they do film in Asbury, it, they're filming in Asbury. So everything gets represented yeah. as you know what it's supposed to be you know the boardwalk or convention hall or the stone pony or whatever but you know like i said it's not a very popular film destination so we don't get a lot of that yeah well louisiana is really ahead of the curve with that they have a really generous program and and it's you know there's a legitimate like film industry here now 12 years a slave was filmed here you know and they've had several other movies but like they're really geeked up this year because two of the movies that were filmed here are nominated for Oscars. You know, Dallas Buyers Club and Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like legitimizing the industry here. I don't know why, why places like, especially like New Jersey, don't cater to that type of industry. But it, yeah. it's the same reason we are not allowed to pump our own gas. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The right to work stuff. Huh? Yeah. So. Who yeah, knows, that, I remember years ago when The Sopranos was on the air, there was a thing the next day, like in the newspaper or on one of these websites about uh, 
uproar about obviously this wasn't filmed in New Jersey because uh you know Tony Soprano pumped his own gas. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't do that. And one last thing about the movies cuz this is just running in my head now thinking about places you recognize. Apparently there's a movie named Adult World. I think it's being released on Netflix and then I think it's going to be released in theaters too. And John Cusack is in it and it it uh it takes place in Syracuse, New York at the Adult it World. Has, what's that? At Adult World? It's called Adult World. Because the story, I guess, it's a girl who's from Syracuse who gets a job at a porn shop named Adult World, which the porn shop is run by Cloris Leachman. And John Cusack is like a poetry professor or something at Syracuse University that she uh, she has the hots for or something. I saw the trailer, and you watch the trailer, and you can see, a, you know, some choice... Uh, scenery from the campus and whatnot wait have you never seen adult world on on uh erie boulevard in syracuse it's i mean uh, i'm sure i have it's an actual building i haven't been been on erie boulevard in probably 15 years it's an actual place it's it's an adult bookstore it's called adult world okay well that's what it's based on it's it's pretty close to tully's in that general vicinity all right i know tully's but i think looking at the there's a trailer you can watch it on online, but I think in the the movie, the adult world might be, uh, they might have it located somewhere else, like a more scenic location, like in downtown. I don't know what's more scenic than Erie Boulevard. Those yeah. writers, those writers should be shot. <laughs> uh, um, I I honestly ne- had never gone there. Um, you're a college student, you know. You're yeah. you're only like four beers away from getting laid anyway, so the need to head to an adult bookstore as a you know eighteen or nineteen year old kid, um, you know, it doesn't really figure into the mix. But a couple, I knew a couple guys who did go. Um, there'd be you like four beers from getting laid, yet it took us hundreds <laughs> of beers. Well, I'm allergic <laughs> to beer, so that's why I was always four beers away from getting laid. <laughs> yeah. If only you wouldn't break out in a rash. <laughs> Uh, all right sorry go on that's okay um but they would have like porn star you know when when there were actually porn stars when you know every chick with a webcam wasn't a porn star when you had you know the wendy whoppers type level of stardom they you know, I'm talking about your real porn stuff. That's right. The ones that every pervert knew. <laughs> None of these newfangled amateur gonzo porn stars. They ain't for real. Then, yeah, it, it just kills me how loosely the the term stars thrown around in the porn community. Right. You, know, <laughs> you suck some dick on film and you're a star. You know, it's not like everybody that's in a movie's a movie star. Right. <laughs> right. So true. So true, uh, but listen. I guess that when you know uh, when you throw sucking dick into the equation, it just really ups the ante. No matter what you're doing, you know. Yeah. I'm a star. <laughs> you know, a little dick sucking takes it takes relationship from like to love pretty quick. So why yeah. wouldn't it take you from actress to star? Here's the adult world uh, adultworldx.com their website. Yeah, based in Syracuse, right? 
Yeah, it's loading the page. But it's a uh, Google. <laughs> Man, this is really looks like pretty. I can't believe they have such a lousy web page. Oh, here we go. Oh, no. The the movie looks like pretty standard. Indie. Yeah, apparently the uh, the the guy who directed or whatever he's uh, he's a graduate of Jamesville DeWitt, so that's the uh, so this is the only movie since Freak Talks about sex starring or with supporting actor Steve Zahn in it that I know of being in Syracuse. You ever see that one? Uh, no, but I'm a big fan of Steve Zahn. I'll have to check that it out. It was in the '90s. He's not the star of it, but he's Freak. He's the title character. The star's another guy who's been in some other things, but you know, it was basically about a shiftless postgraduate dude in in Syracuse. They, you know, they got scenes in the Carousel Mall and whatnot. And I think they were in Lookers actually in that movie. You remember Lookers, the strip club? I do remember Lookers, the strip club. I don't. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I'd ever been there. The only strip club one. We got it in our sights for some reason to to hit a strip club up one time, and we ended up like down on South Salinas Street at Alpine. It was probably one of the most uncomfortable outings I'd ever had. Um, it, yeah. it, nobody, none of us wanted to be there. It was a really sketchy joint. I think we had a couple drinks and ended up getting out of there pretty quick. But what was the movie? Uh, Freak? Uh, Freak Talks About Sex. I'll have to check that out. I believe the movie Snow Day was supposed to take place in Syracuse, but it was not filmed there. You remember the Chevy Chase movie? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, I I believe it was supposed to take place in Syracuse, but I think it was filmed in Canada. Yeah. Which is just kind of funny. Yeah, like like you couldn't... If you're going to film it in Canada, you could have made it any city. You know, like... Like a big city. Yeah, I, I think that goes back to the 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 whole uh, economics of filming. I think it's dirt cheap to to film in Canada. No, it is. But what I'm saying is, why would you make Syracuse your setting? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, you might as well say it's New York. You know? Right. <laughs> you might as well say it's Boston and anywhere. It's like no, no, like like it's not based on a true story. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if it was segregated the story by saying it's some other big recognizable city. <laughs> Imagine if it was based on a true story. Hey, honey, I got this idea. What is it? I got this idea for a movie. It's a snow day. All right, all right, I like it. It starts to snow. First scene starts to snow, and then it snows so much, school's canceled. All right. And then we have snow-filled shenanigans. And, well, also the other... Which would make it great if it was based on a true story, because Chris Elliott plays the evil snowplow operator (laughs) who they're trying to stop from plowing all the streets so they get their snow day or whatever. And he's intent on on the kids having to go to school or something like that. Um, You know who's in it? Uh, Pam Chevy Chase, I think, played a weatherman. Chevy Chase and, uh, is in it. Chris Elliott was in it. Chris Elliott plays the evil snowplow operator. Uh, but Pam Greer. 
Okay. Jackie Brown. And that was about 30 years past her relevancy. (laughs) (laughs) It was about 10 years past Chevy Chase's relevance. And Chris Elliott, as far as I'm concerned, is always relevant. (laughs) I love that guy. I bought the whole Get a Life uh, series and DVDs. It's, I mean, I think it's only like 37 episodes, but it's a great show. He's great in something about Mary, but he grosses me out when he gets like the boils from being yeah, so yeah, nervous. Yeah, yeah. He has this show on Adult Swim named e- called Eagle Heart. Have you ever seen this? No. Uh, it's, um, it's one of these like 15-minute long Adult Swim shows. And I think Conan, Conan O'Brien is one of the co-producers of it. But uh, Chris Elliott plays e- Chris Monsanto, a U.S. Marshal. And every episode ends up like in the most ridiculous type of bloody violence possible. Like it's cartoonishly <laughs> violent. And uh, they had one episode. They have loads of episodes I love. But they have one episode where the premise was that uh, the law only applied to stuff that took place on the ground. It was the law <laughs> of the sky. So there was this blimp floating above the city, you know, which which was like a whorehouse, a casino all wrapped in one. <laughs> and they would just murder people and throw them over the side because the law couldn't stop them because they were doing stuff in the air. And law doesn't apply to stuff in the air. <laughs> what channel was this on? Uh, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. If you ever get a chance, watch yourself some um, watch yourself some Eagle Heart. Eagle Heart, all right. It's kind of a, a an acquired taste. But here, I'm, who else was in it? Gene Smart from Designing Women was in Snow Day. Snow Day. Oh, Chris Elliott's the top build star. Roger the Snowplow Man. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see. Iggy Pop was in it. John Schneider, one of the Duke boys. Um, Josh Peck isn't he from? Is he from Drake and Josh? Or is, yeah, that is the dude from Drake and Josh. Okay, all right. I know too much about Nickelodeon television. All right. <laughs> we can move on from Snow Day. I don't know if you can move on from Snow Day, man. Well, Emmanuel Treaky was in it. She was. Uh, how old was she in that movie? Oh man, she was around my age. She, she was born nineteen seventy seven. She was in uh, You Don't Mess With the Zohan and also Planet The Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Good-looking Indian actress. Oh, I'm a sucker for Indian actresses. Yeah. Um, but the only one I know is the chick from Bendham Like Beckham. Oh, uh, well, I don't know who that is. Well, oh, well, she was, she was born to Moroccan Jewish immigrants. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking she was a... Uh, a, an Indian all along. Disqualified. Oh, uh, yep. She's a Moroccan Jew from Montreal. Oh, she's Sloan. Mm-hmm. She's Sloan from an Entourage. Oh, okay. Sam wasn't an Entourage guy. Oh, yeah. She's hot, man. Yeah. I don't think she's um, she's been in much else, but... Um, she was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. She was James Franco's girlfriend. I haven't and seen she was a, a research scientist in it. I haven't seen that. James Franco's another guy, kind of like Amy Adams. I, I think he, I penalize him for being a little too good at his craft because I, you know, I kind of don't what I kind of don't know what to make of him. I liked him in Freaks and Geeks. You ever watch that? 
Yeah, I watched when it was originally on. I, I'd probably you know I watched a few episodes back in the day when it was first airing, which was you know, like two thousand or whatever the hell that was now. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, I started yeah, to. Was- I started to watch a um, a lot of like Seth Rogen stuff and appreciate Seth Rogen. So I was kind of g- going down the rabbit hole, you know, in terms of you know doing my Seth Rogen um, research. Yeah. So I watched a little bit of, um, or not a little bit. I watched the whole series, Undeclared, and I remember watching that when it. Okay, first, I never did watch Undeclared. That was pretty good, and I remember watching that when it first came out. But then that kind of led me to Freaks and Geeks, and that you know that whole. Those guys have all been like, you know, that Judd yeah, Apatow I mean, crew. Vincent Seagull was on there. Yeah, th- that's a pretty solid. That was a pretty. Yeah, solid that was crew. like his. Uh, you know, I was like a little petri dish there, man. All the people that came out of that show. Yeah, I can't believe it took uh, it, it took them all so long to, you know, kind of really hit hit their stride. I mean, they'd done stuff and they'd done quality stuff. You know, all along, but kind of that critically acclaimed quality stuff, you know? Yeah. Now I would say that they're all, you know. Did you see This is the End? No. How is that? Oh, you got to see that. That movie is hilarious. I read a whole thing on uh, on Rolling in Rolling Stone about that where um, they, in, they interview them individually and they kind of talk about the movie and they talk about, you know, smoking pot and they talk about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it came off really, really well, and it seemed really funny. I just some, Oh, it was hilarious. Sometimes it just gets away from you, you know? Th- things that are was in- another movie that was filmed down here, and the funny thing is the place they were doing so- that they had set up to be the Ersatz downtown Los Angeles shop front area was in this really shitty part of town. <laughs> and I used to pass it every day on my way home from work, and I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be, you know... Uh, Crappy downtown L.A. right there. <laughs> Things go in and out of the movies so quick. Like, what's a, a run for a decent movie? It's only like three or four weeks now. And then Yeah, I mean... You gotta uh, find it on some small... The only ones that stay in any longer than that are like the superhero movies and the big blockbusters. They might stay in for two months, you know? Yeah, and you know, I, I'll, I'll catch those, you know, because those are generally better on, you know, the big screen. And yeah, you know, they, like you said, they stick around longer, so they're easier to see. But you know, there'll be stuff in previews that you know I want to see like sixty percent, sixty or seventy percent of the movies that I see in previews. I'm like, oh man, I got to catch that. I really yeah. got to see that, but just never get around to it for whatever yeah, well, reason. That's my problem. Like that movie that uh, the Ron Howard movie about the auto racing. Oh, Rush. Yeah, Rush. I want to see that. Before I got a chance to go see it, it was out of theaters. Yeah. You know, it, it had to have been in there only three weeks max. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. man. And uh, it's just like, you know what it's like when you have a full-time job and, you know, there's other things that come up, you know, because going to the movies is a leisure activity. And if some other thing gets in your way, doing your, you know, some other leisure activity gets in the way, you're not going to the movies. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, like, there's so much money to be made in on demand, DVD, Netflix, streaming video that they don't need to keep it in the theaters that long. They the, it's it it makes more sense economically to get it in and out and you know into the other distribution streams because that's kind of really where they make all their money now. Yep. 
Yep. Listen to me. I've been listening to a bunch of Kevin Smith podcasts, and so now all of a sudden I know about uh, indie uh, indie <laughs> entertainment movie distribution. Yeah, <laughs> you're all you're all about it now. You know, um, you know how he can keep making shitty movies like Jersey Girl and stuff, yet make money. <laughs> It's serious, man. When the hell's the last time Kevin Smith made a good movie? Um, I saw, yeah, Zach and Miri. I saw that wasn't that wasn't that good. I would say Jay and that Son- was okay. Jay and Son- oh, uh, listen. In terms of of like his his calling card movies, uh, probably Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was was the last one that I found. Yeah, I saw Clerks too in the theater. I actually went to see that, and that was kind of like, eh, well. You know, it felt like he was just trying to make it to make money. Yeah. yeah and to some extent, I think he he was. I think he, he, he kind of said that. Um, but Red State was uh, was an awesome movie. Okay, I never saw if that. If you haven't one. seen that, it's, a to- it's not a Kevin Smith-type movie. It obviously involves politics. Uh, very heavily so. Um, it's a... Um, it's kind of a um, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't say coming of age. No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> it's an answer to the uh, Westboro Baptist folks. Who are they? The Phelpses. Oh, those crazy people. Yeah, it's kind crazy of religious people. It's kind of a send off on those guys. So it, it yeah. it's pretty intense. Well, that's really yeah, the Westboro Baptist thing. What I think. Right, those guys. I love when I see all these people posting, oh, look at the hundred gay people that decided to have gay sex outside of Westboro Baptist Church. I'm like, I'm like, congratulations. You just gave those people all the attention they want. Yeah. You know, every time I see some kind of protest, it's like, you know, no one really talks about them if you're not bringing it up. You know, you know how much those guys love people, pro- gay guys making out in front of their, in front of their church. You know, they yeah. believe in the Oscar Wilde thing is better. You know, the only thing worse than being talked and bad about is not being talked about at all. You know? Yeah, totally. Uh, totally. Well, back to politics, right? <laughs> well, listen, man, on that note, uh, we've gone 108. We've gone an hour and eight minutes um, without talking about Syracuse University. So uh, we have two choices. Uh, we can try to squeeze something in or we can preserve the purity of this episode and – uh, and and call it a show as perhaps the um, the only episode in our catalog that will have never mentioned Syracuse University athletics, and I'd I'd kind of like to keep it that way. Yeah, all right, that's cool with me. So so, uh, so on that well, let's note, let's get to some housekeeping issues then. So let's skip to some housekeeping issues. Go ahead. Such as all right. Uh, I believe it is in the best interest of our audience, all 46 of them, you know, our worldwide audience, mind you. Uh, they know uh, you will be gone under the knife soon, correct? Yes. I'm going under the knife a week from uh, today, which is we recorded this on Thursday. So a uh, week, uh, January 30th. I will... Okay. Enough about your health issues. <laughs> what does that mean? What I want to know is, what does that mean to the show? No. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, um, well, it's a light week, so we've got the Miami coming up on Saturday? 
Yeah, Miami Saturday, uh, Wake, noon, 1 Eastern. Wake Forest is on Wednesday? Yeah. So that's a pretty light schedule. I think and then Duke, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, uh, you know, with some definiteness. Duke is Saturday, February 1st. <laughs> <laughs> I only say it because you were you were question marking everything there. That was <laughs> I, I probably would have question marked the Duke game as well. Um, <laughs> Definitively, Duke game is Saturday, February first. So, so here's what we do. Here, let's put a bow on on this episode, and okay. let's come back with a Duke preview. That we will uh, post by next Thursday in time uh, for the Duke game. Now it okay. it probably will not. We'll cover stuff like football schedules, uniform changes, stadium developments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's a game plan. Um, we probably won't have too much in terms of um, of Miami or Wake Forest input. Um, hopefully yeah. we handle business the way we're supposed to handle it uh, for those particular games. But um, the Duke game is the is the big ticket item on most people's agendas. So we'll cover that um, ad nauseum and hopefully uh, get us up for uh, for that that showdown, marquee showdown on 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 uh, on December first on uh, February first. All right, excellent, excellent. All right, so with, like a plan. with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Adios, Sanders.